Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the third episode of The Valorant Show. I'm your host, Taylor Reflections Noble, joined by Troy Tuttle, a.k.a. Too Loud. And this week, we have a special guest. We are joined by commentator and host, Esports Doug. Doug, how you feeling? I cannot feel better. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's always a pleasure to share the mic with both of you, uh, lovely gentlemen. Thank you, thank you. Absolutely. Uh, it is a good week again to be here, Taylor, to talk some more Valorant. Although you you really surprised me. We didn't know. Were you gonna ask Doug or me first? Who you know, how we <laughs> feeling? So hey, Doug, you you won this time, Doug. You did you won. Let me just say though, guys, at home, if you're listening to this, you can't see Doug, but let me tell you something. He has the most magnificent mustache I have ever seen in my life. He's a pure gentleman. That he actually that he does. does. It's a he very really does, stylish man. mustache. And and here's the thing, is like you would think maybe from the the shadow that that like dwarfens underneath my my nose here on my <laughs> lip that I have a good I, I have a good uh, mustache as well, but I cannot grow one merely to the level of what Doug has here today. It is it is phenomenal. So this is an excellent opening point. Uh, I was casting a tournament this past weekend, uh, Valorant tournament, of course, and I had a couple of people in the chat who um, found appreciation in my mustache and i started being called uh, a, a close a close maybe imitation uh, mm. of dr disrespect oh okay. i was since then <laughs> i was dubbed by the chat dr respect ah. so who knows there may be a little lightning and thunder uh, you know a little one-two punch don't know uh, yeah, I'll have to okay. figure it out with him, but Doctor Respect. I, I'm not. I'm not upset about that. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, if you're ever compared to Doctor Disrespect in any way, I think it's almost a compliment, right? So especially it has if to be. you could be a counterpart with him, that would be, that would be phenomenal t television for sure. But yes, the stash is uh, is very good. Uh, and Taylor, you are the only one on this show now without any type of facial hair. So. And I'm okay with that. You know, Army Strong, baby. Always got to keep it fresh, professional at all times. Uh, no, not really. I just don't like myself with facial hair, you know? I, <laughs> I like to keep it young. I'm getting older and older and older. And, uh, you know, keeping a fresh baby face keeps me younger, I guess, yeah. in a way. I don't know. Maybe it's a trademark, too. Everybody always tells me that. Like, why don't you grow facial hair, man? I, you know, I, I just don't want to. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know. I, I am inspired. Can't. Not maybe only by whatever really you got. Maybe that's really the problem here. Maybe you can't. No, no hold on. Now, stop hair, now. All right? No, like, we're we're going to end this right now. Maybe you don't have enough, you know, we call that, you know, testosterone, mm. you know, to be able to, you know, Well, whatever you got going hair. on underneath your, your chin, all right? It's not doing you justice either, okay? I just want to say that first and foremost. There's been a lot oh, of exciting man. news in Valorant oh. as of recently, so let's go ahead and run it back. Yeah, let's bring it back. All right. So, hey, this is an exciting, exciting time because Valorant, we know, obviously, beta has been around for quite some time now, almost a month. Actually, I think it's been over a month at this point. And uh, we didn't know when the game was going to be fully released. We knew it was going to be sometime in the summer, but uh, ended up coming out with an official announcement. The game is going to be fully released on June 2nd. I'm a little sad in a way because the beta ends uh, at least in the, on the 28th of this month. And so me and Troy and maybe even Doug yourself kind of been thinking to yourself, what are we going to play in the meantime? 
when we don't have Valorant. Yeah, mm-hmm. de- it's definitely gonna definitely gonna shock me for a few days when I don't know what else to play. I I went and played, so, tried to play some other things this past week. Thing, oh hey, I'll take a couple days off. You know, I was kind of in that rut where I had a couple bad competitive games, and I was like, all right, I got to reset. I'm gonna take off for a few days. Uh, I don't know if you've ever gone through that, Doug, but you, usually when you come back, you're like, okay, hey, I'm good. I'm I'm back on par here. Uh, but uh, so I took a few days off, and then obviously very sad that I've I'm now lost those days because. I have felt special that I have been in this beta grinding myself away, uh, but I am excited as well that I'm going to get my uh, extra 20% on all the purchases mm. that I've made you know, in a, in a few weeks. But yeah, I am sad. I don't know about you, Doug. I mean, what are you going to be playing for you know, the, what, five days, essentially? I guess it's down. No, I, I'm not going to lie to you, fellas. This is as much as it hurts me that it's going away for a couple of days. This is exactly what I needed. Uh, I've been procrastinating procrastinating on a couple of content projects. Uh, uh, so yes. I have I can't use the game as an excuse anymore, right? Like I can't, oh, I got to <laughs> get in my one game. Let me get my two games in or my aim is going to fall off, you know, what have you. Uh, so this is a perfect situation for me. I, I have no excuse. Let me grind those content projects out of the way uh, okay. in that time window and then I'm, and then I'm back. I got I to gotta hey. ask you guys though. I got to ask you. Is this going to be a situation where the people that had the beta really are in an advantage, that much of an advantage, uh, going into the release? Mm, that is a good question. And obviously, I think at the very beginning, you're going to have people who are going to be an advantage. I go back to Call of Duty, um, back whenever you know every title is released, or at least a new title is released every year. And it was always an exciting time when Christmas would roll around because then you would have your what they call your Christmas noobs that would get mm-hmm. on, right? The guys yeah. who just received the game, mm-hmm. they're playing it, and you would just steamroll through them. And I think it's going to be much the case as well um, for the p- uh, players or for the people who, by the way, very unfortunately, if you didn't get a beta at this point, I, I really feel bad because, number one, <laughs> I, I guess you didn't try, or number two, you're just the most <laughs> unluckiest person in the world, right? But <laughs> I feel bad for you, but I also feel special for myself. Yeah, yeah, and that's Just a fact too. That's a fact. Well, you know, they started off with with you know very few keys. I think, uh, I, man, I forget the number, but I, I think yeah, it was it wasn't like, many, like twenty five thousand, like twenty, yeah, twenty five thousand or something like yep. that. And they ended up expanding it, but you know, I, I think that's going to be a short term gain. But in the long run, everybody's going to kind of even out. At least that's how I feel about it. Yeah, and look, I from the way I understand the way the resets going to go is there's going to be some poor schmuck who's never played Valorant, who's never played CS, who's never played Rainbow Six, who's going to, who maybe comes from League of Legends or whatever it is, who's going to get log on to Valorant for the first time for his very first game uh, or her very first game, and they're going to get matched up with Hiko or on screen <laughs> or Wardell or Tens. Like, and it's going to be the most unpleasant experience yeah. of their entire lives. And that's, I mean, good, bad, a different matter altogether. But from what I understand, the reset's a hard reset across the board. Nothing carries over. Yeah. Yep. And nothing's going to carry over except for, like I said, the 20% extra that you get on any purchases that you made throughout the beta. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the only thing I'm carrying over, Taylor. So, yeah. Well, we're, I, we're... I think, I think, I think though, just as a caveat, I do believe the the five ranks that you gained for the beta access. So like your, your beta charm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that, that will carry over. So that's the only mm-hmm. thing other than like you mentioned before, right? Your 20% of whatever right, you right, spent right. that you're getting back. But I, I do believe you get the beta charms and everything. Yeah, the, the beta stuff. rewards. Yeah. 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 
and yeah. all cosmetic stuff. But with that being said, though, June 2nd, it's coming around pretty quickly. Uh, what, not this week, but next week. And that's really exciting because, you know, me personally, I didn't expect the game to be out this soon. But mm-hmm. it, it, it's really exciting. But that also raises the question, and a lot of people have been asking this question, is the game truly ready? for a full release and this might be a hot take it might not be but obviously the game as it is is pretty polished however we've only seen three maps we you know there's only 10 agents we know one has been teased we'll discuss that in a second but the hit registration is a big issue at this point and that's been the biggest yeah, complaint over time issue. and when it does come to the remainder of the beta it has already been announced there will be no more patches right it's i mean it's really pretty i guess pointless at this point given the mm-hmm. fact that the beta is off in, on the 28th but you know and, and i kind of pose this question out and i'll ask you doug first do you think this game is truly ready to be released on june 2nd i think it depends on what standard you're asking Nowadays, there are games that go through betas and go through launches, and the product, to be blunt, is bad, right? Like, let's talk about what we have in this beta so far. We have three good maps. We have 10 agents. We have a spectator mode. Holy smokes, we have a spectator mode. We got a ranked mode uh, during a beta. All of these things that there are titles that I I don't want to call out specific titles, but there are titles that are very near and dear to my heart that don't have that. And that have been yeah. around for a long time and still don't deliver on those things and sure. games that have released more than once uh, and still don't have those things. So when I look at that, I think we hit registration issues aside. We had an incredible beta. Do I think the game is ready by the vast majority of people's standards? Yeah. By the vast majority of developer standards? Yeah. This is way ahead of where other titles are. Do I think that, in my opinion... By Riot standards, is the game ready? If it were to deliver today the way that it has played earlier this week even, uh, I'd say no, which is why I genuinely believe uh, that some of the things like these hate registration issues and stuff like that will not be present come launch time. So you, you think it's all going to be fixed come launch? I would be very surprised if it wasn't. I really hope so too. And I, and I actually believe with you that um, Riot has a very and we've talked about before taylor you know they they have an expertise right in 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 esports number one they know what pro players want uh they know what it takes to have a a successful esport um and they i really do believe also that they are going to take every step to make sure that this game is ready to roll out when it when it launches otherwise why why would they say why would they even need to do this right now Right. Mm-hmm. Like for yeah. like besides that, why if they didn't have if they weren't very if they if they weren't very sure that they could drop a game and it and hit registration be correct, I don't think they would have announced last week that hey, knowing the re- yep. registration issues that are there, we're gonna go ahead and release the game. And yeah, and, and this type of game, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, and we've seen already a number of times where they are more than willing and more than capable to listen to player feedback and act upon it. How yeah. many patches have we had in a beta in a four what a four four. week beta yeah Yeah. like a patch a week there again there are games out now that have been out for months that people have been begging for fundamental changes that aren't happening let's be honest Fortnite's still in beta like Mm -hmm. that's all that's (laughs) all because of like how they loot told Mm -hmm. the whole system to be able to update their game on on consoles but like still like it'd be there's a lot of other games that stay out more than 60 days in beta form, right? Mm-hmm. And to nail things down. And so I I actually, what I'm most excited about, though, is the fact that 
if they're going to release this game, and we've seen the three, and I agree with you, although many people would say no, Doug, three good maps. Like, I get that some of them meet a little tweaks here and there, but, like, three good maps, ten great agents, like, in a game. And then I, I'm imagining that when release comes, we're going to have at least probably six maps. I don't know if they've even announced how many they're got, but I would imagine we're just going to get double. What do you think, Doug? I, from what I heard, we're supposed to get one more. Uh, one mm-hmm. more map, one more agent, then the release date, and maybe one other thing that's escaping my mind right now. Um, no, that was pretty much it, yeah. Okay. Just, here's, those two things. here's the thing. In my opinion, we, and I've, I'm an older fella. I'm not going to date myself, but I've been around the space for a little while now. I've been fortunate to see the esports and the gaming space grow uh, to what it has become now. I think we, as an as an industry, as a fan base, uh, as as you know, whatever you want to call us, we're really good at complaining, mm-hmm. and we're really mm-hmm. good at finding things to complain about. Again, yeah. yep. we just played a four week beta that had a spectator mode. Yeah, guys, a a spectator mode. Full game launches are out that don't have that. So yeah, maybe it was only three maps. Come on, let's be real here. That is true. I mean, yeah, you know, I think overall the beta was incredibly successful and that is without question, both in terms of viewership, in terms of, uh, I think playability, you know, like you mentioned, ranked mode, spectator mode, those things are massive. Those have been missing in AAA titles, um, you know, months as the game has been released and we get, you know, obviously with Valorant, we get it in beta. I think overall the beta was incredibly successful. If the beta was to stay around for, you know, another couple of weeks, I don't think anybody would blame Riot or the developer team of Valorant, Mm -hmm. right? They would say, okay, that's okay. But the fact Mm -hmm. is, uh, you know, the developmental team on Valorant is saying, hey, you know what? We're going to push the limits. We're going to release the game on June 2nd. We're going to go ahead and get it out the door. We're confident in our product. And I think that speaks volumes about the future of this title. But We've been talking about this agent. And in fact, there was a new agent that was teased. And I got to say, it was, it was barely, it was like a borderline teasing, right? We literally saw a foot. And then we also know that uh, apparently this agent is going to be spicy. But Troy, you found some, or at least as you were digging around for some research into this topic, you found a voice line from Sage that might give some tips as to what we could be expecting from this new agent. Yeah, uh, so actually it was released, uh, found it through Reddit, you know, wonderful Reddit, but uh, Sage actually has a voice line uh, whenever she is raised or risen uh, from the dead, right? Uh, here she is, she, she basically says, oh, that's what it feels like. Um, and what's super interesting about that is like, why would that line even be in the game, first off, if there was no way for her to ever be risen, from the dead, right? So uh, I think it just plays out to it. It would it makes me think that we're gonna have another character that has the ability uh, to to bring some of their fellow agents back from the dead. I mean, yeah. I, I, is is that a good thing though? Because I think I mentioned this to you guys before the show. Like, if you have two characters that that have this ability, or two agents that have this ability, right? Uh, what suddenly happens now every single game and competitive, are you going to basically have to play these two characters so that you can have the possibility of seven lives in a round versus five? Potentially. I think one other way as 
this just occurred to me uh, as you were chatting through that. Um, one of the other ways that this could manifest itself is potentially through an agent that maybe has the ability to steal an ultimate, take someone mm. else's ultimate or like copy an yeah. ultimate. And in that regard, yeah. it's not forced, right? And you don't, you, know, you still have to have that conversation a little bit, but it's not to the same extent to where you have to say, there are two res, res, resers, resers, resurrectors. Resurrectors. We'll go with it. We'll ah, with sure. It. <laughs> there, there are two resers in the agent pool that have to be there, right? Like, uh, I, I think if it does go that way, and it potentially is somebody that can steal an ultimate or something like that, that conversation changes. Yeah. Uh, no, absolutely. I, I think that's actually a really good point. Like, what if you go up to that person, this person, and if, as long as somebody has died, you can steal their steal their ultimate. That's your ability mm. to steal their ultimate, and. In that instance, maybe that's what happens. Yeah, I mean, I think it just plays around to this game is going to be very creative. It's another, mm -hmm. to me, it just shows like what we have seen is just the beginning to, mm -hmm. to what is to come. Um, my question to you is, is, is four maps, is 11 agents enough for a release worldwide to keep fans here that have never been here before, right? Like, we know at a really high level with you know CS players or people that are going to be into esports especially um, that they can see the long haul of the game and, and the fun and really the grind that's there. But for the casual fan that goes and plays a shooter, is it going to be enough to draw them in? And do they care about the casual player that's a, you know the casual shooter fan? That's a really good distinction that you made at the end there. I, I remembered the other thing, by the way, that was leaked uh, or hinted at. It's a the last game type. It's going to be a new game type. Oh, yeah, we yeah, don't know yeah. what it is yet. Mm, that's right, yeah. yeah. It's not Team Deathmatch. They said that for sure. We know that. Right, but. right. Here's my take on that. Do I think that at the end of the day, the casual player that has been playing something like Call of Duty and says, eh, let me check out this, this, this Valorant game or, you know, yeah. something more, more of a casual transition, are they going to have a lasting impact on the success of valorant as an ecosystem right no the game was built from ground up and i think this is very evident the game was built from ground up to be an esport title i don't think that they're totally going to give the valorant or the casual valorant player the finger my guess is this new game type is going to be more of a like a fun casual something a little bit more relaxed not quite team deathmatch but something a little bit more casual and i think that's a, a tip of the hat a nod to the casual player, if you will, but by and large, do I think that the jump, because it's going to happen, right? right. There yeah, are yeah. people who are going to get bored with it. There are people who are going to jump ship initially because it doesn't have enough agents or the maps or blah, blah, blah. Do I think it's going to have a lasting impact on the success of the title? No. And, and, you know, there's a really good point that you had in there. And that was the fact is, is it going to appeal to the casual community? Maybe somebody who's coming over from Call of Duty or maybe another title. And I had a discussion with my buddy about this game specifically. And I asked him, you know, why don't you stream this game? Why aren't you involved in this game at all? You know, speaking of Valorant, you know, he, he plays Warzone, he plays Fortnite and other titles. And he said, well, me as a content creator, what's the benefit? of me coming over to Valorant. There's no content that could be made from it. Now, of course, that's all objective, but maybe new game modes that are going to be released could in fact maybe have more mass appeal to you know YouTubers, to streamers, maybe to content creators in general. And I think, at least for me, that would be an important distinction um, that needs to be made for Valorant. But then again, you know, Valorant 
at least the developers of Valorant have been made it very clear that they are really focused on the esports, you know, competitive aspect of this title. So I don't know if content creators are necessarily going to have uh, a, a big part of this game, but it's 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 possible. I know that you know totally not what you were saying in your point, but as far as the new game mode goes, obviously with the not being team deathmatch, I'm really curious to see what they're going to add because I do believe for the casual player who doesn't want to come in and play a 45 minute to an hour long game, what kind of game mode can they add that you know your casual person who just wants to hop into Valorant and play? What would that be, right? Well, I don't know. They mentioned exactly. something about like warming up, right? They said like like we know you guys want a game to warm up in or something. There was some. That's how the comment was made, basically mm -hmm. saying it's not team deathmatch, but we are working on something. Um, I don't think it gave a whole lot more leak than that. Like we're working on something, but um, I don't know, man. Uh, for me, it's just like most games that we see come to the market today are chasing the. The explosion of Fortnite, per se, right? Where you can just have, you know, they want that success. But to me, Riot has never chased that type of picture. If you even look at League, they've always chased a more hardcore fan. I mean, they've never really, I mean, yeah, they've done small things like ARAM that they brought to League and other things that kind of make these shorter game experiences. But they're still very, very uh, focused on the core of what League is. And it's always been that way. Um, if it was another developer, I would say we can expect some crazy stuff. We're probably going to see some crazy LTMs. We're probably going to see some really fun things they do as far as like game modes for the casuals so that content creators can come do those things and essentially they can keep their game at all-time high. With Riot, I don't feel like that. I actually feel like what you guys both said is in they're eSports-focused. From day one, this was an eSports-focused game, and it is, it is going to probably always be eSports-focused. Uh, and I don't, I don't really care. I don't really think they care if somebody thinks I can make content with your game or not, because at the end of the day, the content to them is the sport itself. Uh, just like basketball is basketball, right? And, and the highlights happen in those games. They are saying, Hey, you know what? Our content, our highlights will happen in our game. Mm. That's, a, that's, that's a really good point. And to, to build off of that a bit, Counter-Strike has shown that they can put together more casual game types. Yeah. Right. And when you look at it fundamentally, the games are very similar. So I, I, I don't think there is a lack of options. I think ultimately, while they may be fun, while they may serve as a warm up of sorts, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see just how much interest is in these limited, uh, in these different game types or LTMs. I think the bones of Valorant are going to remain the bones of Valorant. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree as well. I, and I'm, I do have a question for you both. Taylor, we've never talked about this on here, but if Counter-Strike would have gone this way of a hero-based shooter, essentially, before Valorant came out, would it have the impact that Valorant's having right now? Mm, that's, a really, that's a really, really tough question. Um, well, because we got to think CSGO came out, you know, years and years and years ago and for um, people that don't follow cs they don't know that it fills up stadiums around the world you know, right like that is true let me say this let me say this troy i i don't think it would have the success i really don't and the reason why is because you got to think about when cs was released when cs was released like hero shooters like overwatch and and fortnite and Team Fortress, know, like, even yeah, those games is kind of like they really didn't exist. So, and and I don't even think there was a market for that. And I think no, but I'm saying like if, if 
if CS would have though come out with a hero based shooter compared oh, to if Riot they, if they would have come out like to in an answer yes of, of like, or, no, oh, like, like okay. say even before is it is Valorant really hot and my point to it is like is Valorant hot part of the reason why Valorant so hot is because who is developing the game and who is behind yeah. the game versus like hey here's just a here's CS's new CS 2020 right whatever it is yeah. right like here's their new CS game is Valorant really going to help expand this type of genre and really like is it is it making a staple and saying hey like here is the error or is cs dying here's a new era of valorant yeah i don't first and foremost i don't see cs dying i really don't and for people who say valorant is going to kill cs i don't think that's necessarily true or fair um i think they're both going to coincide with each other obviously what they're they're direct competitors in a way but um i you know i don't think it would have been the right call for for cs to make you know you know, a Valorant-esque type of game. And yep. to answer another question that you had about would Valorant be this successful if it wasn't for Riot backing it? I think Valorant has the bones to be, a, well, we've already seen it has the bones to be a great game. But without question, if Riot wasn't behind this game, this game would have already probably, like, I mean, people would have probably stopped even looking at it, right? It would not have been as popular as it is. And streamers would have played it. They would have done their typical rotations, right? Where streamers get on, they play a title, the title then, you know, is over with or paid promotion is done, even though Valorant didn't do this. But then they move on um, and Valorant still would have been around. It would have had its core, you know, competitive group, but it definitely wouldn't have been, you know, as successful of a launch as it would have been if it wasn't for Riot being behind it. 100% without question. I, I wonder. I wonder about that. My gut tells me that it's not so much the the name on the door as much as it is the pedigree of the people yeah in that building right like let's say you take all of the devs of riot and you have them go work for company x my gut tells me that the reaction is the same the energy is the same because i think yeah people might be excited because it's riot but i think people are excited because the game is damn good yeah that's true yeah and and, and i mean I, I guess when i say riot, i mean the polish right i mean the level of game that it is, the mm -hmm. communication from the dev team, right? Like when I say Riot, that's what I kind of feel like as in of Riot. Not, so I agree. I think it obviously it is the people that make up Riot uh, that, that allow them. But um, I'm also super interested, like how do you hype up? Like you had all this hype of getting people to get your beta codes. You flooded Twitch. You were at the top of Twitch for so long. Now, how do you do that for your release? What is it that mm. we're going to see for that release to hype it up to, for it to be so big? Um, you know, do they go just pay streamers to stream it on day one? Is that the answer now? Like, I don't think they do that see? because they didn't, they didn't do that for the beta, right? Why would they do that for the official release? You know, yeah. I think if, if there, if there was any opportunity of streamers getting paid, it would have been off of a beta, right? When they were first showcasing it, but uh, upon a release, I don't think you get as much of a benefit as you would just off its initial, you know, off its initial release, but, or, you know, in this case, the beta. Um, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna be hard, you know, the game will fully release. I think there's going to be another influx of viewership, much like we saw whenever, you know, the beta was officially released. Yeah. Um, but once the full game is released, obviously every streamer is going to be playing this title. There's going to be a lot of eyes on it. There's going to be a lot of media on it, given the uh, fact, you know, it had great success during the beta. I don't think there's anything specifically that Riot or the guys at Valorant need to do to maybe boost numbers. The only thing that I could see them doing is maybe partnering with Twitch to, uh, or 
or just in game releasing maybe you know you you play X amount you get a free skin or something like that. One thing that is going to hugely benefit this game and they've already kind of talked about this is some type of battle pass and I think that right there is going to be one of the biggest things yes. to get people playing and to get people excited for this title. I agree. I think that's huge. Give me something to keep chasing. I, I like the challenges. Like obviously I, I actually really do like the uh the whole contracts idea. I think it's really cool having the contract you're working through to get something, you get the reward. Uh I think a, a definitely a battle pass of some type will be would be great. Um what well, I gotta ask you though, as we move off from, you know, the release and, and on to our next topic, what is the one change or the one thing you want to see, Doug? And Taylor, as we come into this release, for me, I, I, what I really do hope, this is kind of funny in a way, it's kind of sarcastic, and I've said the whole 20% thing, but I hope to God the prices change on some of this stuff. Like these skins, <laughs> like God, I hope some of that changes. But yep. um, I'm, also, I'm also curious, I, I, I really hope that we see some, a few more map tweaks to the maps we've seen. Uh, and I'm curious to see what feedback they take from the community on those and what corners they round or, you know, what, what angles they touch up on a little bit to make the game even better. Um, because I, I am convinced they've been working on this release version for a while, obviously, in the background. Yeah, I agree. One of the things I'm most excited for is maps. I'm so excited to see the new map. And again, Maybe it's because I view things for more of a, like a, a commentator, analytical, kind of nerdy, if I'm honest with myself, uh, perspective. But that, oh, that's the kind nerds. of thing. That's okay. That's it, true. It's, true. That's true. guaranteed. That's the kind of thing that fires me up, though. That's what I'm most excited about. Yeah. Let's see a new map. Let's see how top tier players play a new map. Let's see how uh, that. Let's see how this new agent comes out and the impact. I know we're going to talk about agent pools and and common team compositions let's see how this new agent stirs that up yeah, yeah I, I think the the new skins and all that stuff could be really cool but it's the other stuff that i'm really interested in yeah and as far as me you know honestly a new map is going to be uh, hugely awesome and a new map would be great uh because of the fact that uh variety is the spice of life all right, let, let's be real. Variety is the spice of life, baby. And the more agents you have, the more maps you have, the better and more intriguing the game gets. And like Doug said, he's he's a nerd, right? He gets behind the stats. He likes Guilty. to look at all that stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah. you know what? And, and, and me being a commentator myself, it just makes things that much more fun because I love to see, I love to see how some of these top tier professionals you know, learn to break the agents, you know, l learn to like Hiko with, you know, with Cypher and all his cam spots. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, now we're seeing a ton of Viper plays and, you know, where can you put the poison cloud? And there's so many unique things that can be done with uh, new agents and new maps. And for me, it's just fun to continually, uh, you know, keep discovering new things and, and, and new ideas. But with that being said, let's move on to some new rosters that were announced. TSM comes out and they now have their own roster and immortals also releases a roster now not a full five stack but at least four of them now tsm at least is going to be hazed drone wardell uh sub rosa as well as Reltuck. these are all or five uh previous csgo pros one of them being hazed of course from counter logic gaming and optic but they are all pretty storied in the csgo scene and on top of that too we also have uh immortals with a four stack and actually doug i'll let you talk about immortals because you know these are guys are relatively unknown much uh, much different, right, from the TSM roster, but there is one that you're familiar with. Yeah, I've had the privilege of casting, uh, and I had the privilege of meeting 
personally, Bjor, he's uh, a Minnesota, he's a local Minnesota player. And I had the privilege of casting a call of duty tournament with him and even just getting to hang out with him. And I was so impressed by how humble uh, and how sharp the kid is. He's, he's very young, uh, but the very, very talented player. And I, when I saw that, I saw that in call of duty, right. You make translations as you will, right. Like we can have those conversations and, and those are fine. But I also know that he has a CS background. So he has the bones, the DNA, if you will, uh, to succeed in the, in this title. And I was so pumped when I saw uh, that he was able to get signed by immortals. And the reason for that is with any new title, you see an influx or you see uh, it's almost like a gold rush uh, of players of either T1 or maybe even T2 players from other titles who are swarming uh, to this new title because they either didn't find success because they want something new, a new challenge, Sinatra, uh, or, you know, because they're, they're washed in their old titles and, and they just can't succeed. Right. So you see them rush over, and oftentimes the guy that gets the short end of the stick is the the relatively unknown player, right? The the player that nobody's talking yeah. about, the player that nobody knows. And I was so pumped. I, I had been uh, through Twitter. I'd been kind of keeping an eye uh, on Bjor, and he had I'd seen a couple of tweets that he had some very good performances at tournaments and stuff like that. And I'm like, this kid has it, right? This this kid has the bones. Uh, and there are a ton of players who have the bones, who have it, who are good enough, but they don't get found, right? Yeah. Be- because they're not yeah. famous enough or because they don't know the right people or whatever it is. So this is just super encouraging. It's a huge, uh, in my opinion, a very good play out of Immortals and we can talk about why, uh, but also it just feels good for these players, right? Like you just got signed to a T1 organization on a game that's sure. not even officially out yet. Yeah, Seize that, I, right? I, like run with it. I wonder if it also has to do with like as we get more and more games, right? CS isn't going to die, like you guys said, right? So here's Valorant, another game, another roster for some of these teams to have, right? Like, and as we as esports continues to grow, now we have this problem where this the funding that these people have had, right? Now has to not cover one or two game rosters. Now covers three or four game rosters, and so in turn, what 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 owners are starting to do is turn and go like. Who can we get that's just as good? And they're starting to discover, hey, there's people out there that we don't have to pay this crazy salary money to that have been making all this money in this other game where they they think their value is this high. And I can go put a team together where I don't need all-stars. Gen G, for instance, right? Like yep. what you pointed out is is really good. There, there's you know, benefit obviously in picking up lesser known people. And why is that? Well, given the fact that you don't have to play a hugely, you know high salary like you yep. know we're looking at sinatra right who moves over you know playing for sentinels like you can only imagine what he's commanding being the mvp or previous mvp of overwatch and at the top of the game but there's also a- another aspect to it about picking up relatively unknown players and that's the rush of you know potentially finding that diamond in the rough you look at genji genji's picked up a couple days later I th- actually i think the very same day they play in the t1 tournament they end up winning the t1 tournament against uh, some incredibly, incredibly, incredibly talented rosters. Oh, yeah. uh, Sentinels was in there. You also had, you know, um, Shroud's team. He was playing with Hiko at the time, I do believe. And, uh, you know, Dizzy also played on Sentinels too, trying to, you know, maybe fill in for a fifth. But, you know, these unknown players from G come through. They win the tournament, and that solidifies them, at least for the short term right now, as one of the best teams in the game. And I think it's going to be much the same for Immortals 
you know, right now they're still looking for their fifth, but these four relatively unknown players come through and who knows one could be the next, you know, uh, make your comparison, you know, it could be the next ninja. I mean, when you, when you look at a uh, luminosity, for example, luminosity picked up ninja forever ago. And then all they didn't know the success ninja was going to have right overall in the gaming scene. And then all of a sudden he blew up. And I think that's the rush for these organizations, but either way, getting them cheap, especially now, when COVID-19 is, is, you know, reigning supreme over the world, that right there, it, it's hard because you can't really afford to spend $50,000 well, on I mean, a salary for somebody. I mean, did just buy Optic for a ridiculous amount of money as well. So Yes, they did, but like every, they have... every organization is still worried, though. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, and that's what I'm saying. Like, right now, I think the demand for players that don't cost an arm and a leg are... Are, gonna, are in higher demand. I mean, if you can find those players that are great, they're going to take a chance on them more now than ever. Also, subtle aside, but shout out again. This Let me finish this thought before I sound like I'm beating a dead horse. Shout out again to the state of the beta. If the beta is not as polished as it is, if there's no spectator mode, there are no tournaments. Ah, true. If there are no tournaments, guys like Bjorn, don't get signed. Yep. They don't get discovered, right? Mm -hmm. Like a big tip of the hat to the tournament organizers who took the initiative to put things together. And again, to riot, to, to put out, put things out in such a way that even gave a kid like Bjor or the rest of the Immortals roster, the platform mm -hmm. to get signed by them. If the, if those things aren't in place, who the heck is Bjor? Very well said. Very well said. I don't, you know, honestly, that is, that's 100% true. Spectator mode's important. If you're a developer and you're listening, spectator mode needs to be there. That's what Required. grows your game. That's what gets tournaments going. Am I, I mean, that's bottom line period, right? As a commentator, I know how important a spectator mode is. Otherwise, you're looking at streams, and which that is still in itself is a, is a good way to go about it. You know, during times you look at, you know, the way Fortnite is broadcasted. At, at, at one point in time, Apex is broadcasted that way. Um, you Warzone. know, in other titles, but what was that? Warzone. Oh, yeah, Warzone, exactly. I mean, you take your pick, right? And you know, it's it's fun, but there's no benefit to a TO, to a tournament organizer, to run an event like that because it's like, why is a viewer wanting to look at, you know, four individual streamers with commentators talking over it as opposed to just going to their favorite streamer and watching their stream directly? Well, yep. and not, so, to beat the, not to beat the horse to dead either, Doug, <laughs> but again, Riot knowing what needed to be there, right? Measuring mm -hmm. the bar and having the team... Mm -hmm. That could go out and do that. Like I get spectator mode is actually a really hard thing for anybody mm -hmm. that's ever like understood how games are developed and, and, and put together. Like it's not an easy thing to go and do uh, and to have a good one and to have custom games, right? Like I know spectator mm -hmm. mode, but like what about custom games? Like even having that in a beta, being able to go in and, and study the maps and look at the maps and that yeah, point man. of view. I mean, we couldn't do that in other games. All, all the titles you just like literally this is, this is part of it again riot knowing what they need to do because of their experience in in esports as a whole i mean hey i gotta say they did a lot of things right riot knows what they're doing troy you've you've tested it you've beaten the horse i think we said that now three times i, yeah. I had to get it in now you have to, to beat in. the horse too all three I, of us I, didn't I, have to beat the horse good we do not we do not support animal cruelty <laughs> but with that being said I got to say, I'm incredibly excited for June 2nd for the full game to be released. And who knows, maybe even, you know, more polishing of the spectator mode. We know there's some fixes that need to be done there. But regardless, though, fantastic work.
Now let's discuss this. Let's make this one short. Let's make this one concise because we're going to talk about common team comps and, and weak agents. And I say weak agents in quotations because there's not necessarily uh, uh, you know, a weak agent, if you will, because we're still figuring out how they all synergize with each other. We know there's 10. There's going to be an 11th one on the way. But we do have some stats to look at. And one of those being uh, you know, from a website called Valorinify. And uh, Doug, you introduced me to this site because you had the chance to uh, actually cast recently the Elite Rivalry Bowl. And uh, there's some stats on there in terms of how many times certain agents were used. And I found it incredibly, incredibly interesting because Jet, Phoenix, Viper, Rays, as well as Omen were all used 10 times or less. The top five that were used was Cypher, Brimstone, Breach, Sova, and Sage, right? Those were the top agents that were used. But when you look at lower MMR, you look at your your lower ranked play or even, you know, your unrated play, you see a ton of Jet, you see a ton of Phoenix, you see a ton of Viper, you see a ton of Rays or even Omen. But when it comes to the highly competitive, you know, the top level, you don't see any of those agents. Why is that? In my opinion, the game is played differently. When you get to the upper tier the higher echelon if you will of, of players and teams and organized play the caliber of the player is different and it's because of that that you value things like information more and here's the thing it's in, it's infinitely easier to run a comp that has like a sage a cypher a brim uh, a breach and then a jet or a, a raise even and the reason for that is you can play selfishly. You can play single-mindedly. You don't need to worry about how you fit into a larger composition. You can just kind of go frag, do your thing, whatever. And that, in my opinion, is why that's so prevailing in solo queue, or it's not solo queue, I know, uh, in, in casual matchmaking. Right. Because you don't need to worry about how you play with other people. You can just go in and do your own thing. It takes more. It takes more thought. It takes more synergy. It takes more planning and more coordination to run these agents that have more intel and more utility to them in my opinion the game is at its best when those are the agents that we're seeing more of yeah showstoppers out of rays are awesome you know they're cool they're highlighty they're flashy whatever but if if you want flashy that's one thing but if you want to see the game played at its utmost by the best players in the world in the way it's intended to be played that's where you see the utility agents shine yeah, I, I've always been interested in seeing like more of the offensive-driven players, those team cops, like what we are going to see as, as it goes on and on, right? Like, are we going to see that they, what we're seeing now, that offensive players aren't the strong point, right? And the intel and, you know, being able to provide more smokes and cover to your team and like, are, how is this going to really play out as we continue to move forward? Like, are we going to see suddenly, Doug, are we going to see a team that's just all aggressive players that is very, very good at execution on the offensive side and they play very, very strong that way? I don't know. Like, that's what I'm really – like, is the new map going to allow that to happen that the other maps haven't? Like, eventually mm -hmm. are we going to get a map that, that really plays to that? And in tournaments, are we going to see people switching because of the maps, not just because of the team comp, right, uh, and how much effect that has on each map? Like – that's what I'm really interested to see as we continue to go forward and 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 figure out like what are these weak agents per se and how do they how do they tweak the weak agents because one thing we know about Riot is 
when there's a tweak needed to, and they would decide, hey, we want this, we want this character, that we want this, you know, champion per se in League of Legends to be played more. They just go ahead and buff them and change change the whole whole meta. I, you make a really good point that actually, the more I think about it, it, has a really large impact on this conversation, and it's the maps. Yeah, it's been very well documented that across every all three of every single map that's available right now. It's really, it's very heavily defensive sided. Yeah. Right. You expect to play your offensive half and be down for five rounds even. And that, even then that feels like a win, right? When you keep that in mind, of course, you're going to prioritize the smokes. Of course, you're going to prioritize your walls. Of course, you're going to prioritize your Intel gatherers because those shine best in those situations. And, and again, I think, you can play there just there are so many different games that draw similar parallels but in in my opinion the game is is played at its best it's played at its highest when that's what the focus is yeah no i definitely agree 100 percent. i'm very curious to see how the game continues to develop there's so many aspects whether it's a new map new agent obviously we see what's being used now but regardless though that's what makes uh the full release that much more exciting and the fact is we're already having these discussions you know just a month into the game and that just once again goes to show how polished at least as of right now this you know valorant is right that we can we can have these discussions we can have the stats and um you know, shout out to in-game stats too, which, which by the way, uh, something that we I've never really highlighted on a show as of yet. But the in-game stats too are incredibly detailed. Oh my god! And it, they're yes. beautiful, aren't they? And that and that's something that we don't see in any other title, really. And if we do, we see it much later on. The fact is, we already have it. This game is really polished up to already be a fantastic esports title. Yeah, yeah, we didn't even we didn't even mention like the scoreboard after right the timeline where you can look at timeline, like the performance, the performance, like all the statistics that are definitely in the game. Like we that, that's that all that stuff is so important, especially for tournament players, for people that are watching the the sports the the esports scene and really taking it competitive, want to see how to get better, where they died, how they make like, yeah. And I, I totally even forgot about that, Taylor. Can't believe you let us go this long without mentioning that. It's all your fault, by the <laughs> Why way. Why is it on me? Now, it's hold up a second. Fault. There's two 100. of you. There's no, one of me. Definitely your right, fault. That- <laughs> you started the show. It's your fault. Like you, that it, is when just got the talks, it's his fault. That for is sure. fair. That, 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 that is fair. All right. Well, you know what? Then that's enough of that. Let's go ahead and move on to our Save or Spin section. Halftime. If you saved, spend it. You don't save a thing. All right, Troy, so you actually came up with the saver spin this week, so I'm going to let you introduce it. What are you going to give to the listeners at home? When you got somebody like Doug on, you got it. You got to go into their brain. You got to figure out the question. So I always have this burning question with people I play with. I'm asking them, where are you buying armor at? Like, if if we're up in money and, and, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe you're not. Maybe you're just playing the eco game. When do you need to buy full armor versus half armor right like when do i go in and do that is it when i have 30 left when i have 25 left taylor i know you said what, like 26 and below you go ahead and rebuy <laughs> yep like doug where is the perfect point what am i supposed to do what am i supposed to be looking at here whenever i'm, I'm trying to make this decision this is entirely my opinion and disclaimer that if you follow my advice and this does not improve your gameplay i'm not responsible <laughs> <laughs> for that. your fault 100 <laughs> if it doesn't <laughs> 
<laughs> that said, I whenever I can afford to buy full armor, I ah. do. The instances in which I don't buy full armor is, let's say we win round one uh, and we go into round two with a slight gun advantage. I try to go specter half or something just so I have some credits to carry into the third round um, and not fully break myself. But even if even if we're ahead, if I win a round and I survive and I go into buy the next round and I'm at like 36, 20, whatever, I'm buying full armor okay. because I have the advantage and because abilities are really cool. But the game at the end of the day, mm. and Riot made it this way, comes down to gun skill. And armor, e- even with abilities, armor can be the difference maker there. Yep. And I, that's no, what I, I I think you, you brought up like one of the things I love about the game is it comes to the gun skill, right? Like, ah, God, I love that. Uh, because to me, that's what makes this game so different than most shooters out there. If you're a shooter mm-hmm. fan, like if you've never gotten into this and you've never given it a chance, like I've watched CS for years. I never played it. Watched it for years, never played it because I just wasn't a PC fan. But I love the fact of how they did esports and I followed some of the teams. And although when you have teams like, you know, called the pandas like you definitely want to see what's going on you know so like (laughs) i i you know i and so for me stepping into it was crazy but i agree like the fact coming down to gun skill and and how this game works no matter what and and make a good point like because it is gun skill you better pay attention to your armor quite often so taylor stop forgetting to like buy armor you know whatever your excuses are when you die you know like i I know i know you got to throw a couple digs that's fine doug by the way second round specter half that's one of the best things to ever do. And the reason why is because typically if you win that first round, the enemy team, they're going to be forced to just go pistols once again. Maybe they'll throw a Bucky out there. But for the most parts, they're going to be in an extreme disadvantage. So you should, if you win your first pistol round, if you go Spectre half, you should theoretically have a very good chance of you know easily going up 2-0, maybe even 3-0 off the rip. So we we saw this this weekend at the the Elite Esports Rivalry Bowl. Um, by and large, again, you go Specter half or you go Ares half. Ares also just got a bit of a buff, if you will, in that yep. it's slightly cheaper. The Ares is a very good uh, gun. It doesn't have a ton of spray, like kick. It, it's it's a good overall gun yeah. for what you're spending on it. What I found fascinating this past weekend was what was Mouse Spaz that's now TSM. It was a Cutler and those guys. They force bought, and the guys from High Grounds did too. The pub, the PUBG guys that also have a strong CS background. I really need to stop calling them a PUBG guys because that's not all they are. <laughs> they win that first round and they go for broke. They full buy as much as they possibly can. It's high risk, high reward. But we saw time and time again that it paid off for them. Mm, so sure. maybe that's like the the tip is if you feel good about your shot, you, you know, like you said, Taylor, you you know that the team that lost the first round is going to be forced into a, a classic or maybe a ghost yep. uh, situation in the second half, push it, right? Push it, go big mm. uh, and make that advantage even larger. Yeah. Yeah. Because an early advantage, obviously uh, you're better off, right? You're better off. And especially depending on what map you're playing on, if it's offensive heavy, defensive heavy, getting that early advantage could be absolutely critical to setting you up uh, that much better, right? For, the second half if you're going into maybe a half that's less desirable but uh, overall good points you know armor is a a critical component of uh, not only the economy but also to maybe you know getting uh, an extra shot out whenever you would have maybe died from uh, from some extra damage so armor 
Make sure you guys, listeners at home, are prioritizing when to buy it and uh, find out what works for you. But uh, once again, don't hu- don't hold uh, Doug accountable because hey, but do he's, but do hold Taylor accountable. Right? Yeah, if no, it goes see, horribly no, wrong, no, why is it? Yeah. and let him know that it was a horrible idea. So you, you know, know every ca- show is already catching on. He's already catching every on. show I'm a part of, even if it's not this one. It's always let's pick on Taylor, and you know what? That's okay. I accept it. But that makes me want to end this show out that much more. Let's move on to our match point. Match point. Let's close up shop. We know more than we did before. Let's use that. All right, so in this section, we just basically talk about what we want to get better at this week. uh, And then, you know, of course, to carry over into the next week, which I guess this week's going to be a little bit short since the beta ends on the 28th. But we still have time to improve and pwn those those noobs that are coming on for the June 2nd release. But uh, I guess we'll start off with you, Troy, because you're always racking your brain. Yeah, What do you want to get better at? I am. You know, I think the one thing about Valorant that it does for me all the time is it shows me how bad of choices I make from time to time. Like, literally, I I just know it's, okay, that was a horrible choice, Troy. (laughs) This is exactly why you lost. And I think, you know, I try to keep that perspective so I can keep getting better. Uh, But one of the things I definitely want to keep working on is, uh, I, you know, what I have a problem with is like, uh, say for instance on split when we're when we are split no pun intended on a and b right and you, you typically have somebody watching you know mid ropes or middle um no matter where i am on a or b if i am like one of the frontline people and i'm i'm getting rushed instantly right coming through garage or instantly getting rushed coming down long a um immediately like i i i don't know how to play those situations good all the time like how do i back up or how much pressure i leave right or do i move every single time whether i'm up you know um on long a down low or like so for me it's really looking at when when people are when i'm getting rushed by a team or i'm getting really hard pushed by a team my reactions of yeah number one making sure i'm doing good calls for my teammates because I think I find myself a lot in the battle, but I'm not making the call. And if I would have made the call, my team could have rotated. So for me this week, that's what it is. Is like in the moment of those battles, when I'm getting pushed, make sure I'm providing the call out and the communication to my team. Because so many times it's like I die and then I say, oh, they're long A. Oh, that would have helped probably 20 seconds ago if I would have told y'all in the middle of this fight, right? Or whatever it was. So uh, that for me this week, it is definitely working on my 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 in in battle callouts per se. I think for me this is a slippery slope because I can easily find myself on a soapbox. Mm. So check me on this. Don't let me get out of hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think this is something that I have a propensity to do, and honestly, this is something that's very common for most gamers across the board. So let's say. You're peaking C-Long, uh, and they've been opping, right, for the last two rounds, and they pick you off every single time, and they say, you, you know what? I'm going to beat him this yeah, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? This guy's not going to get me for the <laughs> oh, third time. Oh, I know where you're going with this. I like it, yeah. <laughs> and I ego chow, and I lose. And I, I don't, you know, I don't get mad. I don't rage, but I'm just like, man, unlucky. Missed my shot. No. No. What do you mean, <laughs> unlucky, you missed your shot? Right? And And again... This is so prevalent for so many players. Like there, there are fundamental decisions that aggregate over time yeah. that have an impact on the way you live or the way you die. And for me, and this is general solo queue advice that I do recommend uh, listeners take heed uh, of and apply in their games. 
think about the decisions that you're making ahead of time. Like think about what has led you to this point and stop the, I missed my shots or my reticle wasn't placed on the right day. No, like work an angle differently. Has he beat you there two or three times before? Did you know that they were going to be sending forward down that way? If you didn't, why were you ego challenging that in the first place? Like, yeah. why were you playing it so aggressively? There, there's so much, and especially in tactical shooters, there's so much depth to this game. And honestly, this is why I love this game is because there's so much to talk about and analyze and study. The cop-out of I missed or, oh, it was unlucky, that mess needs to hit the door, man. That's not good enough. Hmm, so true. There, there, and this you know, message and was so brought to you by Coach Doug. Thank you, Coach Doug. <laughs> really appreciate that. He's gonna be he's gonna be the new coach of that uh, Immortals team that yeah, he's been yeah. hyping up so much. Okay. Man. Watch right. out, hey. Like it. Not not a bad profession to get into. Caster, uh, host as well as coach. Hey, yeah. anything is possible for me. I think I'm just gonna be working on my flashes with Breach. Honestly, uh, I've been yelled at quite a few times because I'm not flashing <laughs> in the right spot, and I, and I genuinely don't realize what I'm doing wrong. But I'm gonna figure it out because I'm gonna stop making my teammates mad. Because maybe I'm flashing them, maybe I'm not. I don't know. But regardless, Breach is uh, is an agent that I have fallen in love with. And uh, I'm going to try to utilize them the best that I possibly can. But seems as if we are out of time for this week. But I'm not going to lie. It was a good episode. We discussed quite a few good things. And uh, Doug, man, it was, it was really awesome kind of picking your brain and having you on because you had a lot of uh, fantastic points. Again, I appreciate you fellas for having me. This was a blast. Uh, and whenever we get a chance to pick on Taylor, it's a good time. Yeah, anyway, oh absolutely. Gosh. Absolutely. So. Doug, tell everybody where they can find you throughout the week, man. If they would come check you out, see what you're doing, see what you're up to. Yeah, a uh, handle across the board is Esports Doug. Uh, Twitter is where I spend the vast majority of my time uh, along, as, along with, excuse me, Instagram and Twitch. It's all forward slash Esports Doug. Appreciate the plug. Hey, Instagram. Listen to that one. Check him out because he'll be bragging and showing off that uh that epic mustache oh okay yep. you, you know, yeah yeah i don't think guys, i have a well it's, it's about that time doug it's that time isn't it it's about the time, time to post time the mustache you, pic you, you get you get yourself some sponsorships i don't know some beard oil or whatever fanciness that you get I don't know, man. Those I'm still things Taylor doesn't know here. about. It's okay. <laughs> Yo, honestly, Taylor. I'm closing this <laughs> out. Worry. Thank you so much, everybody, for stopping by for the third episode of The Valorant Show. It's always great to have you as a listener. Stop in and just uh, get to listen to us ramble on. We hope to see you again on the next episode of The Valorant Show. Grab some water, refill those clips, and let's get back out there.